Welcome to the One Rental at a Time podcast. If this is your first time, welcome. If you're a repeat listener, welcome back. On this channel, we have simple goals. We want to inspire investors to move forward. We want to create belief that one rental at a time is possible. And we want to help you take positive steps forward. If you want to learn more about your host, Michael Zuber, please go to Amazon and buy his book, self-titled or self-published, One Rental at a Time. I believe there's a link in the description. If you're ready to get started with buy and hold rentals, but unsure what to do, I strongly encourage you to consider buying our online course. It gives you the tools to get started, help you learn your market, allows you to compare deals, and so much more. Lastly, by buying the course, you are granted access to a private Facebook group where I and my students interact daily. Everyone is equal, and we just keep helping everyone move forward. It is so much fun to watch, and again, I believe a link is in the description. With that, on with the show. Hey everyone, how are we doing? So, uh, I've been, you know, I've been watching, you know, some of the same YouTubers that I'm sure all of you do, and one of them obviously talks a ton about wedge deals. And here recently, uh, he went ahead and talked about a wedge wedge deal, sort of in the context of borrowing seventy thousand dollars from his father. And I don't know, it was about like minute six through 10 or something. He kind of broke down a bunch of deals or details about why borrowing that money is a great thing, why he's going to go off and buy all these other assets and, you know, basically painting this vision of it was easy, easy to do things of that nature. And I, I, I don't know, I, I guess I had enough. Um, first and foremost, wedge deals are certainly something that are out there. Uh, the Burr strategy, which is another way of saying the wedge strategy, absolutely can work. Um, I believe what uh, is not being talked about is timing. I believe there are times in the market cycle where wedge deals and Burr strategies are the absolute number one best investment option. Likewise, I believe there's a time in the market where Burr and the wedge deals are flat out dangerous. Now, making a bold statement like that is hard because you will always find someone that finds the perfect deal. I will just say it is a lot easier in 2012 than it is in 2019. So to put this together, I thought I would put together a PowerPoint on at least on what I heard. And then we could sort of debate it, talk about it. Uh, I'm sure I will be crushed with his fans. And who knows, he may choose to respond. I'm not sure. Uh, but we, we shall see. First and foremost, I love everything he does. I watch him daily. Um, but, you know, I invested before the last crash and during the last crash. And I saw people doing versions of the wedge deal go bankrupt. And... Maybe if I create this video, I can save a few others from making bad decisions and getting in at the wrong time with the wrong strategy, right? The real estate market is cyclical and strategies work great and bad depending on where you are in the cycle. 
a strategy that requires appreciation and demand is great at the beginning, but not the best at the end of the cycle. So let me go ahead and just pull up a PowerPoint. I did my best to sort of summarize, you know, things I thought I heard him say, and we will just go through it together. All right, so first and foremost, the reason I wanted to create this was, again, I saw people crushed in the last cycle and they were buying wedge deals. They were, you know, they were buying wedge deals. They were saying, hey, I'm buying something a couple hundred grand under market. I can't lose. I can't lose. Then the market changes. Demand dries up. Prices, instead of going up one or 2% a month, are falling 2% a month. And lending changes overnight. What you will see in the strategy here is not only is it appreciation dependent, but it's lending dependent. And a strategy that only offers you one way out in a changing lending, lending environment, wow, you know, that, that could hurt. So let's go through it. So first and foremost, you know, lots of people are talking about wedge deals. It's, it's a concept that's being talked about and pushed and taught a bunch. Uh, basically, wedge deals are, you know, properties that are bought at a discount. Typically, they have something wrong with it or the seller does as far as timing, right? I need to sell. I'm moving. It's my parents' place. I can't afford to remodel it. There's lots of reasons why property can be sold at a discount. And, um, you know, this is, you know, this happens in every market. And that's why you can find wedge deals at the top. But sometimes um, it's easier said than done. You know, finding a seller that has time pressure uh, or other outside force is key, right? You have to find what is called a motivated seller. Uh, usually speaking, these are not properties that are going to be thrown on the MLS and perfect. Uh, but, um, you know, you can often find uh, a way to have a discount when there's pressure in time or urgency or some other need. For me, uh, the market cycle is the critical piece to understand and appreciate. This is actually the thing that I think some educators are missing. They're taking the last five years of history where they have crushed it in their market. And they've done everything they've touched has turned to gold. Unfortunately, I've lived in that. I've seen it evaporate and I've seen it come back. And if I can impart any wisdom here, it's be careful. Just because it worked the last five years does not mean it will work the next five years. So don't add too much inventory. If you think we're near the top, be careful. If you think we're at the bottom, go nuts. But if you think we're at the top, be careful. Again, I've said this many times, right? Investors who've been, only been doing this seven years, um, you don't know anything about a hot market. You could have been wrong by 60 days and $20,000 on your remodel and appreciation helped you, demand helped you, supply and demand, lower interest rates. It was hard to get it wrong. I mean, you had to make just dodo brain moves in the last seven years to lose money. I don't think that's going to be the case in the next seven years. So check yourself, be less confident, run your numbers at extra, extra time or two, but please, please, please don't get cocky and go too far out on a limb. Don't add an extra house now, right? Don't add that extra piece. That's what, that's what started the dominoes falling last time is people said, oh my gosh, this is a deal now. I couldn't get it before. I'm going to add it. I know I, I know I don't need it, but I'm going to leave it empty for 90 days and I'll get to it soon. That's a recipe for disaster. 
what I would tell you to do is start to, you know, start to evaluate what happens if appreciation falls 1% a month, right? If it's 1% a month and you have a six month hold, what happens if your ARV is 6% lower than you think it is today? Check it. I'd, I'd run that number, right? I lived invested in a market where property was falling 2% a month. I certainly don't expect that crazy collapse again, but run your numbers, run your numbers through your hold period and see if the ARV is 1% lower. What happens? See if you make any money, just be careful. Wedge deals, Burr, count on at least some appreciation to protect you from time risk. Something that you've likely heard on my channel, seen in my books is I don't account appreciation anywhere in my spreadsheets. Sure, I try to buy at a discount. Sure, I try to buy less than list. But I don't somehow artificially count my $20,000 in savings as some magical net worth number. I think net worth is a vanity metric at best and BS at worst. It means nothing to no one. You can't spend your net worth. Now you can go get loans and all of those things, sure. But in reality, when somebody walks by and says they're a millionaire, many of them don't have any cash in the bank, right? And it takes cash to buy, buy and pay bills and buy stuff and things of that nature. So I don't account appreciation. It doesn't show up anywhere in my spreadsheets. I don't care if I buy something for 50% off. It doesn't go in my spreadsheets. I don't count it. So why am I not a fan of wedge deals? You got to remember it's the timing of the market for me. If this was 2012, I'd be all over it. They were everywhere. They were easy. Um, but I am a, you know, I've been around 20 years almost. So uh, I know when the market's near the top and I've been declaring that for quite a while. And in some markets like SoCal in the Bay Area and New York, it's already rolling over people. You don't want to be doing a burr or a wedge deal in a market that's dropping 10%. That's crazy. So be careful. Again, it depends on an up market. Thus, it really can hurt people in a down market. I don't like a strategy that is only works half the time. Right? We have, ups, we have up markets. We have flat markets. We have down markets, simply said. And wedge deals work best and most profitably in an up market. They get crushed in a down market and they're just hard in a flat market. So that's why I use yield. I try to figure it out. You'll you hear me talk about it all the time is how hard is my cash working, right? I want to know what, what my net cash flow will be for the cash invested in a property. That's all I care about. I don't care if it's a condo, a small house, a huge house, an apartment building. Don't care. I want to know how hard my money's working. I believe busy professionals, and that's you know what probably most people that watch my channel are, is they were like me, right? They worked 60 hours a week. They had family responsibilities. They have no time and frankly don't need more stress. If that's you, you don't want to be looking at wedge deals in Burr today. Sure, in 2012, go for it. But in 2019, it's too hard, too risky. You're going to likely look at something that is suspect and it can hurt. Just look at some of the stories we've had on this channel here recently. Um, we had Spencer talk about a couple of flips that he was trying to do, which he thought were wedge deals in Cincinnati. It blew up. It crushed him. So be careful. I believe getting a solid yield on a property, which is basically net, net, net cash flow divided by cash invested, is the unlimited holding time. I don't care if properties fall 1% a month. I don't care if they fall 2% a month. 
as long as I can hold and pay the debt, I can hold and wait for the cycle to return. If you buy a wedge deal and you're dependent on refining out to pay off your hard money lender, you're, you're, you're done. You're toast. It's, it's going to be painful. You're going to be a forced seller and you're going to lose money. Also, if you're buying, you know, turnkey properties with, you know, already leased and ready to go, there's no contractor risk, no carrying costs because you're getting 30 year money at close. There is no refi or appraisal risk. And frankly, your stress is low. You don't have all the contractor and 90 day cycles and permitting and inspections and all that other stuff. It's like, okay, fully remodeled, tenants in, let's go. So this is what I heard on this young man's video where he borrowed um, $70,000 from his family or his father, excuse me. Uh, he was talking about his, the fictitious $600,000 home. I thought I heard him talk about a 3% down uh, in this example, which means 18 grand. However, unless he knows of a loan program that I don't, uh, he's going to have to live in that. It has to be an owner-occupied home to get a 3% down. And again, maybe he knows loan programs I don't. Um, but, you know, hey, 3% to me sounds like an owner-occupant loan or 18 grand. Then he talked about borrowing $60,000 and paying interest. I, I put 12 there. I think in his story, he talked about eight or 10 or nine or something. Uh, I put 12 just for easier math, frankly. I didn't want to make the math complicated. So on a 12% interest only on 60 grand, that's $60 a month. Usually you have short term, you know, if you're going to borrow money, it's short term, hard money. Uh, you can get private money for longer. I think he talked about doing five years with his father, uh, which would make this a little bit less risky. Uh, but for here, I assumed most people don't have fathers that can loan them 70 grand or 60 grand like this case. So if you went to a hard money lender, you're going you're gonna to have a very short term. So in this case, the original mortgage payment, which is on $582,000, and plus an extra $60,000, your carrying cost, which means your total monthly payment plus interest and insurance is right around $4,000 a month. Now it's around 4,000. It'll depend on your credit and what interest rate you get and all these other things. Let's just call it four grand um, as a number to play with. So ask yourself, what has to happen for this whole scenario to work out? Well, first off, you've got to live in the house because I believe if you're going to do a 3% down, it has to be owner-occupied. So you have to live in it during the remodel, which depending on if it's just carpet and paint or maybe it's new bathrooms and kitchens, either easy or difficult, but has to be done. Uh, you probably have to complete that remodel in six to nine months. So it's not really something you could carry on for a couple of years because you have hard money at the one-year lockup. Then here's the real rub. In order for you to get out of that property with 20% equity and pay off the original first and the original second, it has to appraise for about $820,000 six to nine months after you buy it. Think about that. In six months, you have to take a property that you bought at 600, sprinkle some sugar and spice on it, meaning 60 grand, and you have to turn that into an $820,000 property because you have to pay off a $582,000 first and you have to pay off a $60,000 second in order to get to having 20% equity. So it needs to go all the way up to 820 
roughly. One thing that wasn't talked about in the video and maybe, maybe is not appreciated is your interest rate is going to go up. Purchased money mortgage rates, which is your first purchase, are the cheapest money you can get. So not only are you going to be borrowing a ton of money, but you are going to be paying higher interest rates. For example, on your 3% down, assuming good credit and all that other stuff, maybe you're paying 3.6% interest in today's market. Maybe, maybe 3.8. When you do a cash out refi or you're paying off debt, just a refi, you're going to likely be paying four and a half or five. So realize something was missed is your interest rate on that refinance is going to be higher. Even if it appraises, your interest rate is going to be higher. So you're going to be paying a lot more on your debt. So is it possible to find a house at 600 grand that will be worth 820 in six months when you only have 60,000 in remodel costs? Yes, it happens probably dozens of times every day. So it is absolutely, absolutely possible. Um, how is, however, it's very hard, takes a lot of time. And of course, my biggest thing is you must learn your market. That is something that we often miss. I can't tell you how many people come to me, look at the MLS or Realtor.com or Redfin or Zillow. And after two days, they feel like an expert. Nope, you're not an expert. It takes time, repetition, seeing a lot of stuff, really going after it. That's why this young man who, who's creating these videos is in a, in a great seat. He looks at real estate every day. He's a broker, I believe, and an agent. And, and near as I can tell, a very good one. Um, but he has an advantage. He's seen stuff come, come across his desk all the time and probably looks at 100 properties a week. And that skill set done over and over and over again is hard to replicate. And it gives him the best opportunity to find these deals without question. Here's the deal, right? I believe we're closer to the end of this great upcycle. And I just want you and frankly him to ask yourself, what happens if values get soft? What happens if that 820 came in at 720? How do you get out? Now it's your father's money and you... You probably have a way to do that. Plus you only have a five-year term. Plus you make a boatload on YouTube and commission. So you have a way to pay it off, I'm sure. But for most folks who are putting all their chips in the middle of the table for their first wedge deal, they could get hurt if they don't have a plan B to make up 30 grand missing in the refi. And those are the people I'm trying to help or at least warn and ask them to double check their numbers. So when the refi numbers don't cover and provide the 20% equity, what are you going to do? How do you come up with the 30 grand, right? It may be instead of at 820, it appraised at 770. And now you can refi the first, which again, oh, by the way, your interest rate is higher, which not a good idea. And you can pay off some of the 60K, but not all of it. How do you pay off the rest? These are hard decisions that people aren't talking about, and I want to raise them. Here's the deal. I saw it happen last time. You're doing burr, you're doing wedge deals, shoot, you're flipping, and you get caught in the market that rolls over. You're going to become a forced seller. You're going to lose a lot of money. You're going to lose a lot of time, and your credit's going to get hurt. Be careful. 
So my closing thoughts, wedge deals or burr can absolutely work. They're absolutely something I've leveraged over the years. It's just please know you, where you are in the market. And if you're near the end or the market's rolled over, be extra, extra, extra careful, please. People aren't talking about this enough. These take a lot of time to learn and find, and there are so many points of failure. You need to be careful. You have contractor risk, timing risk, inspection risk, tenant risk. I mean, there's so many appraisal risk. I mean, come on. I mean, there's, there's so many points of failure. And if you are truly a busy professional working 60, 80 hours a week, have growing family responsibilities, and already stressed out, I do not suggest doing a wedge deal or burr. It could really, really impact your life in a negative way. Really hard to do these out of state, as Spencer shared with us recently, who did it, tried to do it in Cincinnati from Las Vegas. If you haven't watched Spencer's story, it's called The Cautionary Tale. Watch it. I put it out there in the last week or so. Watch it. It's fast forward if you want for the first 10 minutes where we're talking about house hacks and let just listen to his story and the pain that he feels from investing in Cincinnati in the first two flips that he's doing. Here's a big one for me. I scream this all the time. You must learn your market. You must learn your market. You can't do it in a couple of days. You can't do it in a couple of weeks. It takes repetition. It takes looking at hundreds of deals. And um, that's why I created a course to do it. You know, look at it 15 minutes a day for 90 days and you are going to be in a much better spot. I do believe learning your market is a skill uh, and hence it could be learned and repeated. Uh, but you, the individual, need to step up and do the work. And lots of you want it to be easy. I'm sorry. Being a real estate investor is simple, but it is not easy. And if you want to learn your market, look in the details below, check out the outline of the course. Get on the private Facebook group, group with me and let's learn your market. I'd like to see um, how my, you know, my thoughts is when working on a deal, don't count on appreciation or wedge values. Um, I want to know how hard my money is working. That's all I care about. I want to know how hard my work, money is working in a hot market, in a cold market, in a crashing market. I don't care what's happening. If I know my money's generating a six, eight, five, whatever it is, return, which is net, net, net cash flow divided by out-of-pocket cash, I win. People that bet on appreciation or talk about appreciation, you look like geniuses for half the cycle. The other half the cycle, you look like an idiot or a fool because what comes can go. Think about Warren Buffett. When, when uh, he gets scared when everybody's greedy and greedy when everybody is scared, and I couldn't agree more. In the end, it happens, sure, but I don't count on it. I know appreciation happens. And again, perhaps I'm, too, perhaps I'm too scarred. I saw so much pain last time. I'll probably never forget it. I've seen a changing market just wipe people out. And I don't want that to happen to you. So yes, the wedge deal is awesome. Yes, the wedge deal works. Yes, you should learn the wedge deal. But realize that's a tool, a buying tool and an education that is best used in the beginning of an up cycle, not at the peak in my opinion. So what do you think? Am I being too conservative? Am I being too negative? Um, you know, the wedge deal is a, is a huge thing and, and, and lots of people are talking about it. Um, I respect the individual online that's, uh, that is, that's pushing that idea. I just ask him to look at this from another perspective. What happens if appreciation turns to fall 1% a month? 
I've seen it in California where he has chosen to invest. I've seen it fall 2% a month. And if you hold a property for two for six months, that is a 12% hit to your ARV. Run your numbers if that happens. That's, that hurts. So in the end, um, I just wanted to create this. Again, I saw that video. I've been watching the talk of wedge deals now for almost a year. Uh, it was that final deal talking about how to leverage this 60 or 70K that's like, whoa, you're making it look way too simple. You know, the stars have to align perfectly. Um, yes, it can work. The stars do align perfectly. But I am so adamant that we're near the end of a cycle that if you get into a wedge deal or a burr and it has a six-month timing, man, the market could be falling in six months. So be careful. That's why I wanted to create this. So in the end, um, let's have some fun. Let me know what you think. Leave comments below. And of course, have a great day.